Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, we had an opportunity yesterday to attend a second OTA practice for the Green Bay Packers. I want to go back to something, though, from about a month and a half ago when Aaron Rodgers spoke to reporters at the start of the offseason program. He made a comment kind of an offhanded comment in a way, mentioning that he thought Aaron Jones came back looking physically like a different player, okay? So now the OTA practices, we got a chance to see him. You can definitely see he does look different. He's done something different with his body. Yesterday, you found out exactly how he did it. Yeah. So give us the story. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so I made a vow two years ago to myself. This was for my own credibility, I felt. Everybody writes the story about how so-and-so changed their body during the off-season. They put on five pounds. They took off five pounds. They cut down their body fat, this, that, and the other. And it's something to fill the time during the spring and summer. But realistically, does anything really change? So... I, I made a vow. I was like, I'm not going to do that this year. Well, then you see Blake Martinez come back looking like he's <laughs> been lifting tires all off season and, yeah. and looks noticeably bigger. And then you hear these comments from Aaron Rodgers. And at that time, Michael, we had not seen Aaron Jones. There were no public practices or anything of that sort. But we had that mandatory mini camp the day of the draft where we got to see the Packers players out there. And immediately my eyes went to Aaron Jones and immediately I thought, this kid looks different. Now, yeah. As you said, the big thing for him, it's obviously training, his weightlifting program. He split his time between, Cal I should say, Phoenix and also with El Paso, where he's from. But the bigger sacrifice was his diet. He loved eating cookies. He loved eating gummy bears. That was his number one thing. <laughs> Twizzlers, bears. Skittles, every type of junk food that you and I, after a hard day's labor, <laughs> like to sit down and enjoy. Or even after a hard day's half, half day's labor. Exactly. Yeah. But Aaron Jones said, I can't do that anymore. I got to make changes. So he always enjoyed eating healthy. He said it wasn't a stretch for him to have to focus on chicken and rice and, and steak and quinoa. He's done all that stuff before, but it was the snacking. So he cut down on that. He, he mentioned some of these things. I mean, almonds, I like almonds. Uh, apples with almond butter, not as high on that. Uh, rice cakes, yeah, don't even throw those at me. <laughs> But for him, it made a difference. He yeah. developed a taste for it. He came back. He was at about 11% body fat at the end of last year, reported back at 5.3. And if you just look at the young man, there are significant changes in his body structure. Yeah, and he's taken it seriously really both of his off-season since his he rookie did. year in the yeah. NFL. Because he's had, he's had injury issues primarily with his knees. He's been forced to miss games. He's been very frustrated at the games that he's missed. He has spent his two full off-seasons as an NFL player working on his body and building his body to withstand the long haul. At really, let's be honest, is the most, in my opinion, the most physically punishing position there is in the NFL. So he knew from his rookie year that he, that he needed to make changes. He made some going into his second year. Unfortunately, he had another knee injury that cost him a few games. Nothing serious in terms of those injuries, but they do keep him out for a couple, three weeks at a time. So his goal 
in addition to other things we talked about this offseason about wanting to be more involved in the passing game and being that reliable three down back that doesn't have to come off the field and all that, he's got that 16-game schedule in his mind right. that he wants to be on the field every single week for this offense. Three things I want to point out. One, when you said he's had some issues, I thought you were going to say Soldier Field. I, I honestly <laughs> didn't know if you were going to say the well, that's, that Well, that, that is true. If you take away there Soldier are, Field, he's not missed a game yet for injuries. So. There are, Yeah, there aren't necessarily <laughs> just coincidences in life, right? Uh, but be that as it may, it is interesting. And, and you know what was sort of an eye-opener to me? This is kind of turning the topic a little bit, but – this year, the Packers draft Dexter Williams in the sixth round, right, if I remember right. correctly? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I was going through his bio on NFL.com, and they list the strengths and the weaknesses. One of the strengths that scouts had for Dexter Williams, I'd never really seen this. Maybe I wasn't reading closely enough. They said a light workload in college, not a lot of wear and tear. They believe that that'll be a positive thing for him going into the NFL. That's becoming a strength now of, of players. The reason I bring that up is – Aaron Jones has had two knee sprains. He wants to put those in the back, but he only has 214 carries in the NFL so far. If that's not a, it's not a lot healthy, for two full years in the league. Yeah. If he can stay healthy here, if the changes he's made with his diet, with the changes he's made with his workout regimen to develop his lower body strength, his leg strength, if all of that lines up for him, this is a guy that can be a force for years to come. Yeah, the game has changed. It's not 250 touches a year for these guys, 400 touches a year when you think of, like, Larry Johnson back in the day. Yeah, Sean Alexander. Sean guys Alexander. Like, guys like that. There yeah. is more longevity with these players, and I just I, – I think Aaron Jones also understands. And, and Jamal Williams does too. Jamal Williams talked about this as well. He came back looking very lean. Mm -hmm. If those guys can put their body in the best physical position possible, if they're going to have platoon situations – you want to be able to extend your career. You want to be able to make sure that your agility, your quickness, your speed, your strength endures. And these are the type of decisions you want to see third-year running backs making. So from that perspective and with everything else that entails with this Packers season coming up and the emphasis that there appears to be on the running game under Matt LaFleur, I think both of those guys have put themselves in a position for success. Yeah, and it's good that you mentioned Williams too because he certainly came back with a little bit of a reshaped body. He did it, you know, somewhat for different reasons. I think he did it in part to maybe try to fit this outside zone right. scheme a little bit better because durability has not been an issue no. with Williams. This is a guy who has been out there all the time, and whether it's been in a complimentary role or being the feature guy in certain situations and in certain games, Williams is a guy who's answered the call throughout his his two years in the league so far. He has, and, and the thing is is that we don't know how this is going to shuffle out is there going to be a platoon? Are they going to look to have one guy? Those things are going to have to be sorted out in training camp and then going into that opener against Chicago, right. which is in Chicago, by the way. Uh, but the, <laughs> you, you did have to mention At that. least you get that out of the way, though, right? Yeah. Off the bat, <laughs> the, the grass is going to be in as good as condition as it's going to be in at that point. Yeah, let's hope for Aaron's sake. But the, the bigger thing is, is the, they're, they're going to need all these guys to be able to play. And, and the other thing I took away from listening to Jones a little bit as well is the fact that you know he understands the long game here. He knows that in order to not only just stay on the field, but to break away from tacklers, he doesn't want anyone chasing him down. And if these are the things that he had to do to make himself not just a really strong, explosive football player, but a guy that can play all three downs, 
he was willing to make those sacrifices. Yeah, well, I think we're all really excited to see what uh, Aaron Jones is going to do in this offense, provided he can stay healthy and be out there for the long haul. Quickly here, Wes, the powerful noise-canceling technology that helps NFL coaches block out 80,000 screaming fans can get you closer to the music you love. Learn more at www.bose.com Packers. Bose, the official headphones of the Green Bay Packers and at Homer here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, moving on to another area of the offense. Um, the first o- open OTA practice last week, Devontae Adams was not on the field for the Packers. He was back on the field yesterday. And we saw a little bit of an interesting dynamic here. And as you wrote about Aaron Jones on our website, if folks want to check out that story, I wrote about Devontae Adams, and that story is available as well. There was a play, and I don't even remember the specifics of it necessarily, but right after the play was over, as Adams is walking back towards the huddle, Matt LaFleur is walking alongside of him talking into his ear and you know the two of them kind of acknowledge whatever the conversation was okay good you know we we move on this is a first year head coach kind of in the ear of a pro bowl wide receiver and Devontae Adams didn't flinch not only did he not flinch or um, show any you know displeasure with being singled out like that by the head coach he talked to reporters afterwards he welcomes it right he says, hey, he's told Matt LaFleur, he's told the other offensive coaches, if you see something with a route, something that I'm not doing right in this offense as we're trying to learn things, I want you to tell me. Just because I'm the elder statesman, the veteran in the wide receiver room, you know, he takes that very seriously in the sense that, that it's not for any kind of special treatment. It's because he knows he's the example setter for all of these other guys. And if he if he needs to be told to do it right, then he's going to be able to pass that down to the rest of the guys. It's an interesting dynamic here that's developing, Wes, because my point is that we've seen Devontae Adams very naturally and smoothly progress into a leadership role as Jordy Nelson departed, and now Randall Cobb has departed. And uh, this is a guy who's really coming into his own in so many facets here as an NFL player, as a leader, as a guy that uh, a lot of people in that locker room are looking up to. What I thought about when I read your article and and saw that quote and and his thoughts about this and and seeing the big picture there with listening to Floor and his coaches in that regard, uh, Elvis Witted, obviously a well-accomplished guy that spent nine years in this league, it goes back to, you know, there's not a lot of route runners out there in the population, okay? There are a lot of golfers, though. And one of the things I thought about it almost reminded me of when you when you you know you do a stroke or you know you have your drive time after time after time, and then you start to develop that hitch and you start to maybe get a little bit of a slice in there. You get that golf pro behind you. Sometimes it's even your dad, you know, for that matter. <laughs> sure. And they kind of tell you, yeah, you're leaving your club face open. Your your you know your hips aren't quite where they need to be. You can get into such a regimen and such a routine that sometimes those fundamentals, even when you are honing them, can start to slip off, and you don't want to let that continue to slide that's kind of what I took away from that conversation is Devontae Adams knows what he has to do he knows what's going to be expected of him and he's always up to that challenge 
But there are so many things mentally you have to think about, especially when you're learning a new offense, yeah. that those moments I think are important for Matt LaFleur to step in and say, well, this is what we're looking for, for Elvis Witted to say, this is the player you need to be. But as you also pointed out in your article that I thought is so important is by setting that example, by being open to those ideas and being open to those conversations, there is a roster of young receivers there that are going through the same thing. Yeah. If I'm a young guy, a young sports writer, and there's somebody else that's on my list, you know, my employment list, a guy that's been there for 10, 15 years and has written award-winning pieces, and there's things that he needs to work on, yeah, I mean, that tells you that you can't ever get complacent that's in right. that way. So I just think that's very important with, with his open-mindedness to be in a situation where he's willing to take that coaching, but also understanding he's the number one guy in that depth chart and there's a lot of young guys that are going to be looking up to him. Well, and the other understanding part of it Devonte adams is no fool he knows he's going to get the ball he knows he's going to get his numbers now whether he's going to have 111 catches 1300 plus yards and double digit touchdowns again i mean who knows yeah. what it ultimately is at the end of the season but he knows he's going to get the ball and he knows he's going to put up the stats and all that but he also knows that the wide receiver group as a whole the success of the group is going to be more defined by what Valdez Scantling and St. Brown and Jamon Moore and Jake Kumaro and maybe Trevor Davis or, you know, all those guys, whoever makes the team out of training camp, the success of the group is going to be more defined by what they produce, Geronimo Allison obviously in that in that mix as well, than by what he does and whether he makes the Pro Bowl again or not. So that's where the taking the leadership part of things very seriously is is uh it it it's an honest approach on his part and it is big picture thinking on his yeah. part as far as what is best for the team, not just what is best for Devontae Adams to maybe try to break Jordy Nelson's records this year or to get to another Pro Bowl or make get, get an all-pro recognition or whatever it might be. He's looking at that receiver group as a whole and how it's going to be viewed. It's such a great way to look at it, too, because if you, if you look at the 2018 season, Devontae Adams was as sharp as a receiver could be. I mean, he came into his own, lived up to that contract, and was everything that Aaron Rodgers needed him to be in this offense. Yep. The results are still what they were from a team perspective, though. There weren't enough wins, there wasn't enough production, and changes had to be made. So, yeah, it goes back to that old adage of, you know, you are only as strong as your weakest link. They need Marquez Valdez-Scantling to be making big plays. We saw one of them in the first team period during Wednesday's practice <laughs> when he was able to, to beat the cornerback down the sideline, beat the over-the-top safety help, and have a nice connection with Aaron Rodgers for what would have been like a 55-yard touchdown. They need Geronimo Allison to be the player they think he can become, uh, you know, versatile, accountable, uh, explosive. Those are the fixtures of this offense. It's multiplicity. It's being able to go three or four deep on your depth chart at receiver. They need young guys to step up. There's a good competition brewing there. The more guys that are pushing for those snaps, that are pushing for those targets, the better it's going to be for this offense in the long run. Yeah, well, another guy I want to talk about from a leadership standpoint, and this is a little bit different conversation because he's in a different place in his career, but we've talked a lot about Tremont Williams since he came back to Green Bay last season after spending three years in a combination of Cleveland and Arizona. Comes back to the Packers, and as actually last week during the open locker room session, I just decided to walk up to him and ask him, okay, so why are you still doing this? Like, you don't have – I mean, he's got a Super Bowl ring. He's been to a Pro Bowl. He's got 12 years of service under his belt. There's, there's no – 
there's no practical reason, right. so to speak, that he need that he needs to keep doing this. And it turned into an interesting conversation because uh, he mentioned one of his one of his primary motivations right now. That, and you could see the smile that it brings to his face. And Tremont smiles a lot, yeah. but it brought uh, maybe a little bit bigger smile to his face. He was talking about his kids, and specifically his son, Tremont Jr., who is going to turn nine years old this fall. And he started talking about how his son now understands the game of football, understands what dad does, you know, talks to dad about this and that with the defensive scheme and, you know, what you did on this play or what you did on that play. And Tremont just absolutely loves it. He, he's just, he, and, and, you know, as anybody would, yeah. you know, he loves the fact that his son now is to the point where he can have those conversations at home. And it, it puts him in a different place in his career when you look back at the fact that, say, the most famous play that everybody's going to remember, Packers fans, as far as what Tremont Williams did, the pick six in Atlanta in right. the playoffs in 2010, Tremont Jr. was just a couple months old at that time. You That's know, nice. So he's in a completely different place now, and he's absolutely relishing the relationship that he has with his son and with the game of football because – He's in his mid-30s. He's still able to play right now and, and is a guy who's going to play an important role on this defense well, in 2019. It was funny, too, because another point of uh, he talked, he's talked in his first two locker rooms uh, for an extended amount of time. One of the huddles that I was in, he was even asked about, you know, you ever run a 40 anymore just for fun? He's like, no, <laughs> but I don't need to because I'm running with Jair Alexander and all these other cornerbacks, and I know I'm still fast. So yeah. He says he can, he can keep up. The way he's invested in himself, and I've written about it numerous times now. I did yeah. it again last season when he played all but five snaps in that defense is the fact that he just put such a heavy emphasis on his body making sure he's in the right spot but let's be honest though too Mike you can do everything right physically if you don't mentally evolve with the game you're not going to last that's why Tremont Williams is still here he's smart he's intelligent and he's proven that he can do a number of different things in this defense. I just felt from day one it was the right move for the Packers to get him back. When he had the resurgence he did with Arizona in 2017, that's the type of player this team was missing mm -hmm. when they didn't have that older veteran that can you know kind of guide and bring guys along. But the great thing was is he was still motivated to compete with those young guys, Yeah, that he still wanted those snaps. He still wanted to be out there, and here we are, year 13 or 14 for him now. He's still taking snaps with the number one defense. Tremont Williams is going to help this defense get to where it wants to be. He's going to help this secondary be the secondary that the Packers feel that the potential is there to be. The big thing I think that's special is that the longer that he can continue this on, I, I, truly, I mean this. I, I don't want it to sound somewhat you know, cheesy, but the memories that that's going to form for, for his kids, for his family. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't get that a lot, Mike. We see it so often, especially in this game. It's These guys don't play 20 years. It's not LeBron and Kobe and things like that. Yeah, and his, his, daughter, his, his daughter Trinity just turned seven years old, yeah. too, so she's getting to the point where she's going to start. She's starting to understand what's, what, what dad does for a living now and everything, and, and all of that, that dynamic with his kids is, uh, is completely different, and he wants to keep it going as long as he can. It's always baby pictures, right? When you see yeah. the family night, it's, it's guys with their one- and two-year-olds, and it, those are going to be great someday. But the fact that Tremont Jr. can enjoy that ride, too, with his dad, I think it's exceptional. And it probably sets a little bit of a standard for him, too, that, hey, maybe I want to be able to do that someday <laughs> as well. So I, I just think it's great. You know, listen to Jair Alexander and Kevin King and these guys talk about what Williams has meant to that locker room. 
at some point, Father Time is undefeated. It right. collects us all. Right. Uh, it's going to collect us as sports writers someday, too, when <laughs> yes. there's young people asking, why are you still here? Right. But no question. The, the fact that Tremont has been able to extend this as long as he did, he's on, what, his fifth contract now in the NFL? I mean, it's just impressive to see that kind of work ethic allow him to still have those opportunities today. Yeah, and his, as we've talked about, his versatility, his knowledge of Mike Pettin's defense and his versatility being able to play safety last year when the injuries hit and whatnot was obviously valuable. But he made it pretty clear. He's like, I'm, I'm here to play corner. Hey, if stuff happens, I'm open-minded. I'm, I'm always a team guy first. I'll do what needs to be done. But you kind of get the sense that, and he doesn't know how many years he has left, whether it's this year or another year beyond, whatever, but you kind of get the sense that he wants to play corner here as yeah. he finishes out because it's what he grew up on in this league. It's what he knows best. It's where he feels he can make the best impact, not just filling in somewhere, but actually be an impact player. And and I think that's what the Packers are going to look for him at corner with the way they revamped the right. safety position in the offseason. I think when you look at Terrence Newman, how long he held on to at the cornerback yeah. position without making a natural transition to safety. That's and, pretty and impressive, too. Here's the other thing, too, Mike. That I, just, I know some people last year were talking about safety play and things like that. Charles Woodson, to be quite honest with you, was not an all-world, all-pro safety in 2012. No. He settled into that spot with Oakland and became an all-pro in his last season, but he, it wasn't that way for day one. For Tremont Williams not to have a training camp and then have to start there for some seven games or whatever it was, nine games, that's a tall ask. So for him to be back at cornerback now with those young guys in that room, I just think that that's still his best spot. That's where he gives the Packers their best chance. And, you know, we're going to see how long that uh, he can push off Father Time to stay in the league. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one to watch as 2019 goes along. With that, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and other podcast services. Like us there as well. If you don't mind, on Twitter, he's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.